hour three of the nightcap here on VSIN. Jeff Parles to my left, Tim Murray with you. JVT going to join us momentarily. And let's get you updated on the two remaining NBA games, both blowouts. We had blowouts last night, Jeff. I don't know what it is. Past couple nights, we have not had. We've had intriguing games wrapping up as we start the show, like the Wizards and Raptors tonight, as we both had a sweat in overtime there. Uh, but as anticipated with the Warriors Thunder, who the Thunder in full on tankathon, uh, they are getting blasted by the Warriors 98 to 81. And, and we got an eye on the cover here. Laying 14 are the Warriors. Got up to 14 and a half. I don't, I don't never saw a 15. I didn't see one either now. 14 and a half seemed to be the peak, and then it came back down to 14. 98 to 81 right now. The Warriors lead the uh, Oklahoma City Thunder. And one thing we're keeping an eye on. Steph Curry, his over-under tonight for points, uh, Jeff, was 35-and-a-half. Where's he at right now? 34. Ooh, he needs one more bucket. Over-under over on threes, six-and-a-half? That's six, isn't it? Got six. Yeah, there you go. So there's oh. your intrigue on this one. <laughs> and uh, Oklahoma City, you know, once again, Shea Gilgis Alexander out. Uh, Al Horford done for the season. Um, and uh, they've they've had some... College uh, college names that uh, have popped. Ty Jerome of UVA fame. He's actually been playing well. He's got 23 points off the bench tonight for Oklahoma City. Yeah. But that's where they are. I mean, this is a team that, once again, as I mentioned, on March 22nd was 19-24. and 24. Eh, Respectable. Not bad at not, all. Not terrible. Five under? That's fine for a team that had no expectations. Gone 2-21 and 21 since. Yeah, it's not what you want if you have that over ticket. And we will, uh, we will get the Thunder Overwatch update here. In just moments from JVT, my favorite thing to do is to uh, update people on where they stand there. The Lakers also getting smashed, uh, ninety-two to seventy-one after three quarters of play. The Lakers, though, did win the third quarter. Jeff, they're covering the second half still. Tim, <laughs> they're still covering the second half. A ninety to sixty-nine through three. Uh, Andre Drummond, the watch. Really? Oh, quick. that's right. Uh, Andre Drummond. Uh oh. Oh, 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 now it's sweaty now. See, this is the one problem. The game is so out of hand that Drummond's taking over the game now. So, uh, Drummond and not, uh, all nine points. Oh, wow, this would be a horrible beat, actually. Nine points in the third quarter for Andre Drummond. Four, uh, up to six rebounds. It's now a sweat now. I can deal with one more bucket and, uh, and, uh, three more boards. Wow, that's, uh, that's not what you want there. But, uh, again, very impressive from the Clippers tonight and, and again, this was part of the reason that the game was not bettable to me. We didn't know which version of the Clippers we were going to get, and we got the we're making a statement tonight, Clippers. Yeah, up twenty-one, they were laying eight and a half, and uh, it's, it's safe to say you're you're pretty comfortable with that one. Uh, the second half number, what did it go off half? I I, I think it closed one behind one. us, okay. but uh, DraftKings was a half. Okay. And so the Lakers were a slight favorite. They are covering that second-half number. Uh, small victories there for the Lakers. Kuzma has 25 points. Anthony Davis, the big story here, uh, left with back spasms, even though he clearly rolled his ankle. So I, I don't know if the ankle led to the back spasms. Whatever it was, Anthony Davis out uh, nine minutes of action. And now you wonder, they, they play tomorrow, Jeff. And it's a big game, And too. it's a massive game. We already know LeBron is out. Schroeder is out, and now AD not returning tonight. Is he able to play tomorrow? That will be the big speculation with Portland because if slash when they lose to the Clippers tonight, they will have identical records with the Portland Trailblazers. They're on the road in Portland tomorrow. Things don't get easier on Sunday when they take on Phoenix, and then they get 
the Knicks. Now, the end of the schedule certainly softens up there for the Los Angeles Lakers, but uh, as we all know, tomorrow very, very important as uh, the winner of that game will be one game up in the sixth spot to try to avoid the play-in game. So uh, tomorrow will be huge. Uh, Dallas did win tonight, 113-109 to over the Brooklyn Nets. Uh, why that's important, they're now a half game up on the Lakers for the fifth spot. When the Lakers lose, they will be a full game up on the Lakers for the number five seed in the Western Conference. So uh, we'll get you updated on everything you need to know when it comes to the NBA here in just a moment. As uh, we keep things rolling, it is the nightcap JVT right now. It is the nightcap here on VSIN. Tim Murray and Jeff Parles with you live from the Circus Sportsbook. And we head to our senior NBA analyst. It is Jonathan Von Tobel at me, JVT. And, you know, JVT, I just uh, I want to issue an apology to you. I, I apologize that you were not able to immediately get your Resident Evil gaming <laughs> in right at 9 o'clock. So my apologies. It's okay, buddy. I've only been looking forward to this for about, uh, what, two and a half years now. So I, I think <laughs> another 20 minutes won't kill me, you know? I, my Resident Evil, uh, I was telling Jeff, I think the extent of my Resident Evil was, wasn't that the game that had two CDs in the original PlayStation? That's all I got for you uh, on that game front. That's good. Hey, at least your your reference isn't the movies, right? At least you understand that it was a game. So I, I give you kudos <laughs> for that. If your reference was, hey, wasn't that really great movie franchise? I think I probably would have hung up this call right now. So. <laughs> all right. The most important thing that everyone wants to know where are we on Thunder season win total watch, JVT? They are en route to a handy, uh, a handily whooping at, uh, to Golden State here tonight. So where do we stand on that overwatch on Oklahoma City wins? Uh, yeah, well, you still need two wins. Uh, this has been the, the status quo for them, right? Um, just losing left and right, one and nine in the last ten. They're going to fall to one in the one and ten in their last eleven. And you know what's crazy, Tim, is I think I brought this up to you last time when we talked, but there are spots like points that actually closed like 25 and a half on this. So, you know, the 22 and a half win total is going to be a brutal beat. You're not going to get close to the 25 and a half. But you're talking now four, no, excuse me, uh, five games left to go after today. Golden State, two against Sacramento, Utah and Los Angeles, the Clippers. We're talking about you need to take both of those games from Sacramento if you want a chance here. You know, Los Angeles, maybe they're sitting a bunch of guys with the talent level of the bench dudes. You know, in that final game, as opposed to what the Oklahoma City Thunder are going to roll out, it's really big. So I like this looks pretty much dead, man. You know, obviously you have plenty of opportunities, but this is shaping up to be one of the worst beats uh, I think I've seen, I, I think ever for a win total that at least that, that can come to mind right now. Absolutely brutal. There's no other. There's no other words for it. It's just absolutely brutal. Um, if you had the Cavaliers plus twelve and a half last well, that night. Was, that was, that and was Oklahoma yeah, City win total over. You might as well just, find a just, just find a quit. Find a different sport to bet at that <laughs> rate. Guys, to paint the picture for those who are, who are wondering too, right, but just to reiterate, March 31st, they beat the Toronto Raptors. You just need to go 3-22 and, 20, three and 22 down the stretch. Like That's all you need. And they have one win up to this point. So <laughs> Incredible. Absolutely incredible. Uh, JVT, the Clippers are smoking the Lakers right now, uh, 94-73 with 10 minutes to go. What uh, what are we taking away from this one? Obviously, AD left with the back spasms that they claim after, uh, after it looked like it was an ankle. 
Uh, but what, what are we taking away from this throttling by the Clippers tonight of the Lakers? Yeah, nothing much, right? Like, you know, they're a shorthanded team. No Dennis Schroeder, no LeBron James, even before, right, the loss of Anthony Davis to the injury. Like, I, I think maybe, Jeff, if you're taking away something, it's the fact that the Los Angeles Lakers perimeter defense didn't show up tonight. And now, not only do you have that big matchup against the Portland Trailblazers, but it's a Portland Trailblazers team that's offense is thriving and, and built around the perimeter, right? You know, three-point shots, above-the-break shots. Uh, today, on those above-the-break shots, Los Angeles Clippers went 12-22. So I think maybe that's kind of the takeaway, right? Like, if this version of the Lakers is going to take the floor against the Portland Trailblazers coming up here, that perimeter defense has to get better because you're going to see a similar output in terms of volume of shooting attempts uh, from a similar area of the floor. So I think that's probably the takeaway. But other than that, I mean, look, the Clippers, I've told you guys before, you know, I don't know if it was Jeff when you were filling in solo. I've told Tim this before, too. Like, you know, the Clippers are my selection to win the Western Conference. This is a team that is now finally slowly starting to become whole. You know, today, the injury report, only key guy on there, finally, Serge Ibaka. You're waiting for him to come back. He's a very important piece. But pretty much everyone is back now at this point, too. So they have gotten healthy. They've played this right, and they're starting to get ready for the postseason. But I think, really... If you, I wouldn't take anything massive away from this. I think that's the only thing is now you're a little worried if you're the Lakers because your perimeter defense couldn't show up here. This is a really skilled perimeter offense, and you get another one coming up in the Portland Trailblazers. Talking to JVT, Jonathan Von Tobel, our senior NBA analyst. Follow him on Twitter, at MeJVT. I know you're all in on the Clippers. Uh, they are the second favorite right now to come out of the Western Conference. And earlier in the show, uh, we discussed the exactas for the NBA Finals matchups at BetMGM right now, and I believe your prediction is Nets and Clippers, which is the second favorite at plus five fifty. Bucks Clippers at twelve to one, and Net uh, Sixers Clippers at fourteen to one. Uh, I talked about earlier in the show why the Sixers Clippers intrigues me just because of of that Bucks Nets potential showdown in the Eastern Conference semifinals, which could be an absolute war. Uh, of those three options and you incorporate the odds, would you still go with Nets Clippers or would you be intrigued by Bucks Clippers or Sixers Clippers? Yeah, so if we're if we're picking from this pool, Tim, I, I think you, you don't go with Nets Clippers, right? I mean, it's right. a really short number. It is my selection, but I'm assuming health of James Harden. I'm assuming that this team is going to be complete, but they're not right now. And so, like, to say that, hey, plus 550, I'm investing in that, to, that's, that's not a long enough price for you to do so. So, you know, I get, like, I think you're right on. Like, if you're selecting of these matchups, 76ers Clippers seems to be the one that, that I think would be the most intriguing, right? You know, you can foresee a scenario in which the Nets, I think, uh, eliminate the Milwaukee Bucks despite the last two games that we did just watch. Uh, even if James Harden is not on the floor, 76ers have a massive edge inside where they can beat them up and potentially the Brooklyn Nets, I should say, if they move on and have that Eastern Conference Finals matchup, and then you go from there. So I, I think from an odds perspective, if I'm playing anything, it would be 76ers, Clippers 14-1. to 1. I do think Clippers, Nets would be it. But again, at plus 550, like, I'd want more like 8, 9-ish to 1 on something like that. We just don't know if Harden's going to be on the floor. And, you know, my prediction is just assuming, like, just reading what Steve Nash and the Nets have to say, that Harden's going to be ready by the time we get to the postseason. But, and we're getting closer. we got about six games, and I'd like to see Harden on the floor for at least one or two regular season games before you get started in the postseason. JVT, uh, the, the one that stood out to me on on, on the screen with those uh, exact NBA Finals matchups was there's a real chance, obviously, that Phoenix gets the number one overall seed for not only the West but the whole tournament. Mm-hmm. And in the bottom right of the screen was Philadelphia and Phoenix at 35-1, to 1, 
where there's a legitimate shot you could get both of the one seeds getting to the finals at 35 to 1. I would imagine JVT A would you take even think about taking that for for one and two? I would imagine we'll never see a number like that ever again on a pair of one seeds if that ends up being the two one seeds. Yeah, and I think Jeff too. It speaks a little bit more to the respect that Phoenix lacks, right? Like right. they're not really giving anything. You know, some of these seventy sixers matchups you're at least seeing on the top end of the list. At least when these Phoenix Suns start to get involved, you're you're getting into the thirty to one range with them. But look, I think. For the most part, like Phoenix, it seems like disrespect, but Phoenix does have some flaws with this team, right? For example, you know, they did beat the Clippers in their last matchup. Kawhi Leonard wasn't on the floor for that matchup. But in the two games prior, the Lakers, or excuse me, the Clippers, they were 2-0 straight up and against the spread. They had a net rating of near, like, I was thinking, plus 8.6. They had shot 50% from beyond the arc in those in those games. Like, they match up really well with Phoenix. They can really exploit them along the perimeter. So I think there's just... There are some hurdles to jump here for Phoenix, but having said that, I think they match up really well with the Utah Jazz. The Los Angeles Lakers still obviously uh, are very dinged up at this point right now. We know what's going on with the Denver Nuggets. So, like, I was asked this the other day. I think it was Gil who was talking to me about it, like, just the pecking order of the Western Conference. Like, I, I think Phoenix has to now, just because of attrition, has to be the second selection behind the Los Angeles Clippers because out of all of these teams, they've had the most health luck out of anybody. They haven't lost anybody for the, a, an entire length of a season. Uh, they have been really key in terms of keeping Devin Booker and Chris Paul on the floor together. Does that luck run out? Maybe. Uh, but they haven't had to deal with that. So it is pretty interesting that these numbers, Jeff, really haven't moved, whether it's these kind of numbers. you know, We're starting to finally see the championship odds shrink a little bit, the conference odds shrink a little bit for a team that has yet to deal with a lot of attrition this year. So for me, just because of everything's going on in the conference, you know, the Suns have become kind of like that second tier team for me in the Western conference, because I just look at everybody else and you can see flaws and you can see injury issues. Talk once again to JVT. I, I want to go back to what I guess I would say likely is the Eastern conference semifinal matchup that we're all hoping to see, which is nets and bucks. And the past two years, we've seen the bucks struggle offensively, uh, when they got to their ultimate demise, which was Toronto in the Eastern Conference Finals two years ago, and then the Heat last year. They figured out ways to bottle up Giannis so far. And I understand it's a regular season, but I've seen nothing from the Nets that says this team can slow down Giannis defensively. Conversely, as you'll bring up, I'm sure, you look at what the Bucks do defensively guarding the perimeter, and it's atrocious. So uh, this this series, it's hard for me to figure out, you know, and, you you know, assuming health for all three is, is hard to do for, for Brooklyn because we just really haven't seen it at all. Uh, I'm so fascinated if we get this series because I, I don't trust Brooklyn to be able to figure out the proper way to slow down Giannis. Well, I, you know, I agree with that, Tim, but, you know, it, again, this is all assumption, right? But if you have James Harden on the floor, yeah, then what is over. Milwaukee doing to slow? Yeah, right. And like that's, I wouldn't say it's over, right? But like that's that's been Brooklyn's mo. Like that's what they're going to do. The the, the reason they built this team the way it is is like, sure, yeah, you know what? Giannis is probably going to go nuts. Giannis is going to have thirty five ish points per game in that series. But you know what? Our offensive rating is going to be like one twenty seven point nine. We're going to shoot like forty percent from the floor, you know, from beyond the arc the entire series, and you're just not going to be able to keep up with us in the way that we're scoring. You know, the first game that they played with one another, that was a three a three point game, uh, right? And KD scored forty. 
And so, like, you know, the, like with James Harden on the floor, that's going to make a difference. And it's going to change the way the Nets play, too, a little bit, right? You know, I, I brought up, I was talking about this the other day, when they lost the second of that two-game set that they just played. I think they only had 12 attempts within four feet of the basket, the Brooklyn Nets. They're going to have a lot more with James Harden on the court. And that just opens up the floor for you a little bit more as well as an offense. So I would agree with your sentiment, right? Like, if you're looking at that series, an angle to play would be Milwaukee, you know, Giannis points to props, what those would look oh, like. Yeah. Those would potentially be very high but he would have an ability to go over those because they can build a wall, but they won't be able to stymie him like you're talking about. And you go through some of the game logs, by the way, but pull them up while you're asking the question, because you're right. Offensive rating in 93.9 at the end of that series against Miami. They had a 103.1. They had a 106.1. Like, it was some pretty poor offensive showings, uh, but you get to the defensive ratings, and that comes to the big issue for Milwaukee overall. But I, I think you're right. Like, if we're just talking about who's stopping Giannis, they, they really don't have an answer for him. JVT, I just want to look at the teams in the East that are currently in the play-in scenario. So Miami, Charlotte, Indiana, and Tim's Washington Wizards. Big nice. win tonight there, very, Wizards. Good job. Very nice win and good cover last night as well for uh, Tim Murray. But uh, are, can any of those teams make either Philadelphia or the Nets really, again, they're not going to beat them, but can they make them really work that they have to expend energy in a series that, quite frankly, they probably wouldn't have expected to have to expend energy in? Oh, yeah, 100%. Look, uh, you know, I was talking about with this humans today, Jeff. Remember at the beginning of the year that they two games, Washington and Brooklyn, Washington won both of them. And remember, one of them was like a 143-145 game. Mm -hmm. Russell Westbrook steals an inbounds pass, goes out to the wing, hits a three-point shot, and they win that one, right? You know, the Atlanta Hawks, for example, you know, they're not one of these play-in teams. The Hawks won two games against Brooklyn at the beginning of the year. Like, if if it's like a Hawks-Nets-type series, if it's a Wizards-Nets-type series, you know, I, I wouldn't be surprised to see either one of those two series go six and have the lesser team cover a majority of those games for sure. So I would say, yes, like, if we're talking about the capabilities of some of these teams at the bottom end of the Eastern Conference making life a little bit difficult for a lot of these squads, I would agree with that sentiment. And look, like Miami, for example. Miami is still in the running for the sixth seed. Then you're talking about a, ram, a rematch, 3-6, between Milwaukee and Miami, the team that eliminated them last year. And Tim brings up Giannis and, and that offense. You know who can stymie Giannis? It could be the Miami, Miami. Yeah. So, like, there's a... Right, like so. There's like there's some matchups here, though, and again, nothing settled, which has been awesome about the way this regular season been going. But the way this bracket falls, like there could be a ton of matchups that a lot of these teams at the top, those top three that have been comfortable up there, they don't want to see a combination of any of these seeds falling a certain way because it would be a, a massive pain in the ass. If the Wizards, now I don't think the Wizards can even get to the seven seed uh, because right now they're the ten. Uh, they actually they could get to the eight. And then they would have a chance to beat Miami to get the seven. Correct. Yeah. If we get Brooklyn and Washington JVT in the first round, are we looking at two fifty-two totals every single game? I mean, that those two teams are allergic to defense. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that, that, that would be a lot of fun. And now I will say, I'll push back on this a little bit, Tim. You know, and I haven't updated the numbers for a couple of games now. I think they've played two. They're a second leg of a back-to-back. But, go, you know, before this back-to-back set that the Wizards had played, you know, over 16 games, they had actually been the fourth-best defensive team in the league. Like, they have actually – that's the reason why this team had kind of made this big push. Their defense has been a lot better than they've been given credit for. Now, they still have their, their moments, right? The Indiana Pacers game, the San Antonio Spurs game, not a perfect defense, but I think they're a little bit better than they're given credit for. But, yes, you're still right. Like, those totals would be insane. They have no true option for a guy like Kevin Durant in terms of, like, a wing defender to stay in front of him. So those 
would be some really high scoring and I think relatively quick games as well. We're talking about really high paced teams too once they get in front of one another. So I think look, there's some really good first round series that are that you know have some potential, especially in the Eastern Conference, but the bracket's gotta fall the right way. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. The Western Conference could be really fascinating too if you're looking at yep. you know, Lakers and Suns maybe in the first round. <sighs> Uh, if the Warriors get in as well, so it, it should be. It's gonna. It's shaping up to be a pretty, very, uh, pretty interesting postseason. All right, JVT, go play Resident Evil, man. I'm going to bed, man. I got a 4 a.m. show. I'll see you guys. <laughs> <laughs> there he is, JVT. He'll be on uh, Follow the Money. He's been doing it all week with humans, so we appreciate him uh, staying up late with us, and he will uh, hit the sack and. Be in our seats in, uh, what is that? Do the quick math. That's a little under seven hours. Yeah, it's not a long time from now. Man. (laughs) Appreciate him staying on late. Uh, We got treats and beats coming up on the other side. Mention the Wizards. They will be included in treats and beats. The Warriors have just concluded their victory. They covered, but there was something in the prop market, Jeff. Yikes. That was a bit of a beat. If you uh, if you had let's just say the mo- most prolific scorer in the Warriors Oklahoma City Thunder match, so we've got treats and beats coming up on the other side. It's the nightcap. Jeff Parles, Tim Murray, live from Circa here on Visa. the nightcap here on VEASAN. Jeff Parles, Tim Murray with you, live from the Circus Sportsbook. It's time for some treats and beats. To my knowledge, no no-hitters today, Jeff. No, no, no-hitters, and the only extra-inning game that had a chance to blow up an under actually stayed under, oh. which was shocking in its own right. So uh, a rare rare evening uh, when it comes to yeah. baseball, I'm sure tomorrow will bring us. Uh, oh, we're a, getting four of them tomorrow. A bushel of of more, but uh, we got some beats on the uh, on the NBA hardwood. You got a game and baseball. We'll get to that's actually still ongoing. Warriors and Thunder just concluded. No beat regarding the total or the spread in this one as the Warriors win and cover one eighteen to ninety seven. I guess you could bring in the beat of the season win total for the Thunder, which is just brutal. Still horrific. It's it's going to be an all-timer uh, if if slash when Oklahoma City does not get that over. Uh, but 118.97 the final. Total goes under 225 and a half, and the Golden State Warriors cover the first half, bing, and full game, didn't play the full game, actually went off at 13 and a half. So there was some backing of the Thunder, brave souls there. But the beat that I want to bring up is in the prop market because Steph Curry, who has just been on this ridiculous, uh, torrid pace scoring, his over-under tonight was 35-and-a-half. Jeff, he had 34 points, and I want to say he sat basically the whole pretty much entirety of the fourth quarter. So that was rough if you had over 35-and-a-half points. And then... You could have played over six and a half three pointers at DraftKings, plus one sixteen. He had six threes. Does not <laughs> come home. And uh, as we keep showing the prop board uh, for Draymond Green, we'll pull that one up. The prop board for Draymond Green: rebounds, assists, over under nine and a half, nine rebounds, nine assists. Similar to Steph Curry, did not play deep into the fourth quarter because of the massive lead 
for the Golden State Warriors. So if you're looking at Draymond Green, it was under points, under rebounds, under assists, nine points, or sorry, five points, nine rebounds, nine assists, under, 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 under on PRA. So a a rough one there. Um, I'll give you one more beat and then uh, hit us with the baseball that's going on right now, top nine out in Anaheim. Game that I was on and you in-game. You took uh, the Wizards yeah, took at them, half. Took them second half, yeah. Plus the five, and uh, that came home. They win in overtime, 131 to 129. The total in this game, Jeff, as expected. It's high. Pretty high, because it's the Wizards. 236 at some spots, 235 here at Circa. This game was 115-112. Final possession and regulation for Toronto. Pascal Siakam comes down. Flips it off to Fred Van Vliet on the left wing. He's wide open. Buck naked there on the left wing. And then the Wizards kind of kind of threw a hand at him like, eh. Buries the three, go to overtime. As you would imagine, your under was toast uh, if you played the under. So uh, that was a tough one. 131-129. The Wizards do get the... Victory, depending on when you played the number, if you played it early, got the cover. If you played it late, the closing line was two uh, here at Circa after the news of Kyle Lowry. So 131-129, game goes over. Wizards get the win over Toronto. Lay it on us. What do we got in baseball? Oh, man, another day, another bullpen gas can explosion, basically, Tim. And today it was... Another culprit that we've seen a lot of so far this year in that scenario, and it was the Los Angeles Angels, who got an absolutely brilliant start by Andrew Haney tonight. Six and two-thirds, four hits, one walk, ten strikeouts. Really good, Tim. Well, the bullpen came in after Haney and gave up eight runs, including seven in the eighth. Eight to three Tampa as they play in the top of the ninth. Oh, and by the way, the total was seven and a half or eight in this game, and that game, that goes over because of the Anaheim bull, or excuse me, the Los Angeles bullpen. So again, it's one of these we were talking about a little bit earlier. Find your horrible bullpens, and if you want to take a shot against them when they're leading late in games, it's not a bad thing. You could have got a nice, hefty price on the Rays down 3 nothing in the seventh inning tonight. So uh, that's one of those where uh, be on the lookout for that. So you had the Angels, you had the under in that game. Sorry, not going to work for you tonight. Albert Pujols. Yeah. One of the all-time home run leaders, over 3,000 hits, one of the greats of all time, now needs a job. Where will he land? We'll discuss that next. It is the Nightcap here on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. What do we got going on in the Lakers game? Clippers up 22. <laughs> it's a second-half sweat, Tim. It is, yeah. <laughs> Depending on what you if, you... if you had to dabble second half, if you took the points with the Clippers, the one... Or the half, depending on when you got Uh-oh. it. Big three. That's Kennard. Oh, this is this is again. You kind of you kind of were asking for it if you took the Lakers in the second half here, especially with no AD. Yeah, this is just uh, again just a just a complete beatdown this entire game by the Clippers, and now all of a sudden the Lakers again with that win on Monday against Denver. I thought, okay, they're all right. They're gonna not be in the play, and now they're squarely in jeopardy of being there because of the game tomorrow in Portland. Yeah. Without LeBron and AD, probably. Um, yeah, that will be a game we'll talk about here uh, momentarily. But uh, a couple things to hit on uh, as we kind of get close to wrapping up shop. 
Uh, Albert Pujols released yeah. today, uh, hitting under 200, 41 years old, uh, doesn't really do you much good in the field right now. Obviously, you know, his his credentials are impeccable. He'll be a first ballot Hall of Famer, one of the greats of all time when you look at his numbers. But where does he land? I think most people think his former manager, who's in Chicago <laughs> with the White Sox, who may or may not know the rules of extra innings. He doesn't. Um is he going to head to uh, Chicago? Well, he, the the press conference by the Angels brass later or earlier today was Albert wants to be an everyday player, which he's not at this point in his right. career. He's even one ninety eight. He's again the Cardinals got blasted in the local media. I was I was a, a student at the University of Missouri when that happened when Pujols signed with the Angels. And the Cardinals were absolutely right. As Pujols just was a shell of himself the entire contract, and now. For the White Sox, it does make a little bit of sense because Tony LaRusse is there. They are down two big bats that are DH bats in Eloy Jimenez, who hasn't played yet this regular season, and Luis Robert, who's going to be out for the next three months with that hip injury. So the White Sox are the only team that makes any sense whatsoever for me uh, hey, look, the only other the only other one, at least in the short term, if Luke Voigt doesn't come back anytime soon, the Yankees are getting absolutely nothing out of their first base position. Mike Ford is hitting under 150, but I wouldn't do that if I were the Yankees because Voigt will come back at some point, and then you don't need pool. So it's probably the White Sox are bust, unless if Albert is willing to be a bench player, then an old reunion in St. Louis would not – wouldn't, wouldn't – um, wouldn't be totally illogical, Tim, because they have a very weak bench on that Cardinal team. Clippers win 118-94, wraps up cover. the NBA slate. And, yes, a second-half cover if you took the points with the Clippers as they win the second half by one. Um, earlier this week, Dan Helley, from, uh, formerly of the NFL Network, uh, was in studio for, for a couple of shows, and we, we hit on a lot after the draft, recapping and and looking at some some updated odds and and two teams or one team that we talked about quite a bit was the Miami Dolphins. Win total at DraftKings is sitting there at 9. Uh they were a 10 and 6 football team last year. They had four picks in the top 42. They get Jalen Waddle at 6, edge rusher and Jalen Phillips at 18, Liam Eikenberg, uh, a plug and play right tackle with uh, Rob Hunt pushing into guard. So that they've got all the pieces, Devonte Parker they signed Will Fuller. Gesicki started to emerge at tight end. They added another tight end in the third round in Hunter Long. And my whole premise, and I put this clip on, on Twitter earlier today, is it all comes down, when you talk about the Dolphins heading into this year, to me, the phrase that will be said repeatedly is, if Tua, yep. dot, dot, dot. They've got a top five defense right now as well. I think this team is destined for over nine wins. And I looked at the schedule, too. I think it's very manageable. You know, the crossover of getting the AFC South. You get the Giants as your 17th game. A road game to Las Vegas. You do get the Ravens, but it's at home. And you get the NFC South. Outside of the Buccaneers, they'll be a favorite in those other three games, more than likely. Depends on what New Orleans is and when during the season. I am very low on New Orleans. Yeah, I know you are. All right, so I like the nine-win the over the nine wins. I'm intrigued by them to make the playoffs at some plus money. You are not 
high no. on this Dolphins team. No, I, I think they are. They were a product of a last place schedule last year, and also too, they played better offensively with Ryan Fitzpatrick at quarterback last year. They did. Year. And again, I thought it was. I understood why they made the move to Tua in the middle of the season. I thought if their goal was let's make the playoffs, it was keep Fitzmagic in there, let Tua learn for the whole year. Uh, but look, I, I think the big thing for Miami is, on top of me not trusting Tua, their defense scored a lot of points last year. And we've already seen that happen in a recent in the recent past with the Chicago Bears, where they won the NFC North mostly because that defense scored a ton of points and forced a ton of turnovers that year. And then they played a, a, a first-place schedule. Miami played a second-place schedule, even though they got – Relatively lucky with some of their draws this year. Again, a road game here in Vegas isn't the hardest thing in the world. Sure. Getting the Giants in the 17th game is better than probably getting Washington mm-hmm. or Dallas uh, out of the NFC East. Can you rely on a defense to score as many touchdowns as they did a year ago or set up as many touchdowns as well, they did I think a year ago? That's the big issue it, for them. My opinion, though, is, yes, it, it's absolutely valid. You know, Tua was coming off an injury last year. Of course, year. yeah. He was, he was not healthy, bizarre offseason, normal offseason, more weapons. I mean, they've just been loading that roster, what, 11 picks, 11 top two uh, rounds on that roster over the last three. Uh, watch out, man. You're not going to think. I, I, I almost knocked the mic over. You're getting, you're getting very upset over here. We just need to calm down. It's a friendly disagreement, okay? You don't need to be knocking things, breaking, breaking the studio. <laughs> Call up the higher ups. It would be the first time I did something stupid like that, right? All right, so we will see who's right and who's wrong. Uh, I like the Dolphins. I'm bullish at nine wins, 17 game schedule. Go 10 and seven. I think is uh, is certainly doable for the Miami Dolphins. We'll turn the page. Look ahead to tomorrow. Got that big Blazers Lakers game to discuss right here on the Nightcap on Vsin. It is the nightcap wrapping things up. That's Jeff Parles, Tim Murray with you. And uh, we, f- we failed to mention Lefty. Yeah. Leading right now the, uh, what is it, the Wells Fargo? Yeah, Quail Hollow. Yep, absolutely. The biggest of the last time you're going to see a lot of these players before the PGA Championship, which starts two weeks from today, which is, again, uh, back on the regular schedule to uh, the middle of May for the PGA Championship. But, Look at that. Look at that. Phil Mickelson. They're showing it on SportsCenter right now on ESPN. The oldest man in the last 30 years to lead after one round in a PGA event by multiple strokes. Tim Murray. Very impressive from Phil. So will you play Phil to win this tournament? I absolutely will not. <laughs> no chance. <laughs> no chance. I think Justin Thomas right now is the favorite here at Circa to win uh, the tournament. I'm pulling up the odds right now as I scroll through on my phone. So JT is the slight favorite to win this tournament. Phil is the second favorite to uh, to win at Quail Hollow. Uh, Phil Mickelson now plus 850 to win this tournament. Hovland is the only bet I would make right now. Uh, played a pretty good round today. Fits the golf course well. Uh, was uh, one of the, I believe, one of Wes Reynolds' plays this week as well. So uh, that was uh, that would be the only thing I would play right now. Twelve to one, fourteen to one on Hovland. But look, great story for Mickelson. And uh, again, don't bet him at this short of a number. And if he wins, well, then uh, we're gonna have a fun story on our hands on Sunday. He's got a matchup with Gary Woodland here at uh, at Circa. Uh, tough. 
I think Woodland minus Woodland shot yeah Woodland shot a four under today uh, and what Woodland's minus a dollar fifteen yeah no or is Mickelson the slight no favorite? no that Woodland's, Woodland's a slight favorite yeah. minus one fifty yeah that's that one's a tough one though because this has just been a struggle of a year for Woodland and he finally put together a good round today all right let's turn the page look ahead to tomorrow as you uh, all expect a Friday night NBA slate pretty loaded and a very enticing matchup uh, at least with uh, the talent on the floor New Orleans at Philadelphia tomorrow. Uh, that'll be an early game for us here in Las Vegas. A 7-10 Eastern, 4-10 Pacific start in Philly as the 76ers are laying 8.5 uh, against the uh, the New Orleans Pelicans in that one. New Orleans fighting for their playoff lives down the stretch here, trying to jump over the San Antonio Spurs for that 10th and final spot in the play-in. San Antonio on the road tomorrow at Sacramento, one of the late-night games we'll be keeping an eye on. Denver at Utah. No line yet on this one, uh, Jeff, but Denver at Utah tomorrow should be a great one. That's 6-10. We do have a line on this game. Knicks at Phoenix late night. It'll start uh, when we're on the air, 7-10 Pacific. So we have three good games, or three games, two important games when it comes to playoff implications. Phoenix laying six against New York tomorrow night. That doesn't feel like enough. Uh, Phoenix won in New York about 10 days ago now. Yep. And the Knicks, the only thing is the Knicks are just coming off a, a, a debacle in Denver last night where they were down 34-12 to 12 after one and never got tight. But that feels like, doesn't feel like enough. I, I, again, this, this would make sense for the Knicks to come back to earth a little bit on this West Coast swing at the end of the regular season. And Phoenix, again, Utah won't have Donovan Mitchell or Mike Connolly again tomorrow in that game against Denver. I think that's probably why the line isn't up yet. Yep. Uh, so a golden opportunity for Phoenix to vault back into the number one seed after getting totally hammered by Atlanta last night. And then a very fascinating matchup tomorrow evening, another late-night game, 7-10 Pacific. Lakers at Portland. Lakers lose tonight by... What was it? Twenty-four lost by twenty-four to the Clippers, one eighteen to ninety-four. And Anthony Davis left the game with back spasms, uh, looked like a rolled ankle. Uh, so we'll see. You know, back to back, no LeBron, no Dennis Schroeder, and right now in the standings, Lakers and Blazers are tied at thirty-seven and twenty-nine. The standings we show you right there aren't updated because the Lakers game just concluded. So they are now tied for sixth. And this is an important game on multiple fronts, Jeff, because the winner of this game owns the tiebreaker because they have split the two previous games this season. So the winner of this one would own the tiebreaker over the other. And the Trailblazers are going to be a favorite. Actually, DraftKings just dropped the line right now. Portland laying six against the Lakers. That's not enough. Especially with the uncertainty with AD. That's not enough. Uh, that's going to be one that's going to be very interesting. Do they have a total yet on that, Tim, or no? No total. Okay, that, that I'm curious to see where they make that total because the Lakers, if they're without their three best offensive players, is going to hack into that number, but it's Portland's defense, and they're absolutely horrendous defensively. So I'm intrigued to see where that total is. I wonder if it comes in a little too low and then it gets bet up because people see, oh, it's it's the Portland Trailblazer horrible defense. Even without the stars for the Lakers, the, the Lakers still should be able to get near 100 points. Yeah, I I mean, the Lakers with without the big three. Now, this is speculation that AD won't play. We don't know. 
uh, but him leaving the game, not returning. And the Trailblazers have been playing better as of late. They had that awful stretch, uh, but here they've won five of uh, five of six going into this game tomorrow night. Granted, you look at that stretch, not a ton of int- uh, big wins, but they won at Boston. They won at Brooklyn. Um, so they, they've seemed to have turned things around. They had a stretch of seven of eight in the loss column, and now Portland has turned things around. Uh, such a prolific offensive team. Lakers will, will hope that they can slow them down, but you know the, the Blazers are, are a, a pretty significant favorite for a reason, and we don't know the situation with AD. So uh, the Lakers are thoroughly staring at that number seven seed right now. Yeah, yeah, 100%. And again, like like you said, I mean, that schedule is brutal. It really is tough down the stretch until those last three games where... Yeah, you get Phoenix on Sunday, the Knicks on Tuesday. Then the last three are pretty simple because you get the Rockets, who even if the Lakers are without the big three, they'll still win that game. I mean, AD, once again, we don't know the severity of, of the back today. Spasms. The back spasms, rolled ankle, whatever it may be. Um, my gut tells me he doesn't play tomorrow, but who knows? He'll be back at minimum by Tuesday. Right. Uh, and this is, you know, once again, pure speculation. But they're going to be an underdog at home to the Suns. Underdog at, uh, might be an underdog at home to the Knicks. I think they will be an underdog. Well, LeBron might play by next Tuesday. He might. So they, I, I don't whatever. think he's playing Sunday, though, against the Suns. I, I tend to agree with you. And then those last two games, I mean, Indiana won tonight after it looked like their locker room was about to completely implode Yeah. Uh, after the uh, the screaming match uh, with an assistant coach and a player yesterday. And then uh, on that final day of the season – at New Orleans, look, the Pelicans might actually have a chance to get into the second playing game. So yep. that's one of those where, all right, well, if the Lakers are playing to get out of the play and then New Orleans is playing to get into the play, and that could be all sorts of juicy that final day of the season. Yeah, so uh, Lakers lose tonight. Uh, going into tomorrow night, identical record with the Portland Trailblazers early line at DraftKings. Trailblazers laying six. Quick look at the baseball card tomorrow. Got your typical uh, Friday matinee at Wrigley Field with Zach Davies on the hill for the Chicago Cubs. Uh, Cahill will go for the Pittsburgh Pirates. Some good uh, pitching matchups. Got a little interleague uh, showdown with the Nats at the Yankees. Jamison Tyon will go for the Yankees. Patrick Corbin coming off a very solid start his last time out. And the Yankees are a $1.89 favorite against the Washington Nationals, who were just swept by the Atlanta Braves. Uh, Eduardo Rodriguez facing his former team, the Baltimore Orioles. Um, And uh, Matt Harvey will go for the Orioles. Carlos Rodon, Mr. No-Hitter himself. He's on uh, on the hill for the White Sox at Kansas City tomorrow. Anything jumping out in the card to you uh, that you've... uh, Eyed in, keyed in on there. Jeff. I'm almost assuredly going to bet bet Matt Harvey in the first five because he's been a cash cow so far this year. Uh, in those first five, he's won those. He's won his last three. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I'm probably going to bet that. So at Wrigley tomorrow, it's a seven and a half with heavy juice on the under because the wind is going to be 15 miles an hour in, and we know how the wind is the huge impactor there at Wrigley, but. We're talking about two horrible pitchers in this game. Yeah, I was surprised with so, that number. So it's Kale who is basically, he is alternating between good, bad, good, bad, good, bad, and he's coming off of bad. And then Zach Davies, who's just been brutal in his first year with the Cubs, a seven and a half, even with the wind blowing in, is very intriguing on betting that over, especially if you're going to give me plus 105 on that. So 
that's going to be something I'm looking at. And then other than that, it's really not a big day of anything. Once that that Rocky Cardinal game is at seven and a half right now, Gomber versus Flaherty. Uh, Gomber returning to St. Louis. He's a part of the Arenado deal. He's been brutal recently. Uh, that might be a game I bet over seven and a half. And if it gets to seven, I'll probably bet it over. So uh, not a lot of sides, though, tomorrow. A pretty pretty sharp day by these early numbers. Yeah, and we got... Uh, Trevor Rogers on the hill. Uh, he was uh, he was hit up a little bit in his last start. Zim uh, got him, but he will he will face Milwaukee uh, tomorrow. And seven strikeouts, six hits, no runs. He's facing Milwaukee again, uh, so that should be a, an interesting one. I think I see some six and a halfs out there here at Circa. Six and a half juice to the over on uh, on Suter against Rogers tomorrow. So that should be a good pitching matchup. So uh, a full day of uh, NBA hoops and uh, a big day of Major League Baseball uh, as we inch closer to the playoffs. The play-in game starts May 9, uh, May 16th. So we're getting close to those. And once again, Blazers and Lakers tomorrow night. We'll be keep, keeping an eye on it. Uh, Derek Stevens, Banksy, you know one thing I can't wait to talk to Banksy about tomorrow? The Tom Wilson oh boy. situation. Yeah, Rangers and Capitals. So uh, that'll start us off tomorrow. Uh, we are scheduled to talk to Eric Eager and George Shahuri from Pro Football Focus in studio tomorrow. They're in town. Both of them. All right. They're in town. They're celebrating a little vacation. So uh, we'll hopefully have them okay. in studio tomorrow. That is the tentative uh, plan. Thanks to Brad Powers and JVT and Lance Allen. For Jeff Parles, I'm Tim Murray. We'll be back tomorrow. This is the Nightcap here on VEASAN.